Hello and welcome to Core Truth, the podcast show, where we will discover the core truth that controls our experience of life. I'm your host, Mark Follett, and together with my friend, mentor, and author of the book, The Truth of Love and Fear, Rudy Ecker, we will peel back the outer layers of consciousness in order to understand and realize the nature of our perceptions and the beliefs that control the experience of our lives. We will uncover the true nature of consciousness, what drives our personal actions, behavior, and feelings in life, and what really motivates mankind. So we welcome you to join us on a journey of self-discovery, self-realization, and self-awareness to give you a new insight into who you believe you are. Hello and welcome to Core Truth. Mark Follett here with Rudy Eckhart. Today we're going to get into our fourth topic regarding relationships. Uh, Last week we spoke about relationships or people that have trouble finding relationships and today we're going to talk about people who have maybe no trouble finding relationships but they continually find that they're in a cycle of they start a relationship, they get to a certain point, the relationship ends and then they have to get out of relationships and they have the same issues occurring through each each and every single one of them. And so that's what we wanted to discuss today because I think that's equally as common as people that, or maybe even more so than, uh, than people that are having trouble in finding relationships. And there's a perception, I suppose, that someone that you, if you're in that situation, you may just feel like you need to find a different partner or a perfect partner. But the reality is, as um, Rudy will probably explain in a bit more detail, it's all about really, you're the central point in all of your experiences and therefore you're the probably one that needs to change in this situation. Am I right there, Rudy? Yeah, if you look at all your relationships, you'll, you'll, you'll find that, of course, you're the common factor in all of them. The people you date or go out with or even marry um, are all different people. And uh, it's likely that in your mind, you think you're constantly making different choices. And in your mind, you're just thinking, well, this one didn't work out. Uh, I've just got to find somebody else who fits me better than the last person. Um, and that's where... The problem lies because in all of your relationships you are the common factor and therefore you'd have to be the um, the person who's responsible for all these choices and therefore the problem must lie with you mm. uh, there's no other place to look and this is often obscure to us because we don't have any realization or awareness why we choose the kind of people we choose in the first place I think it comes back to that what, what you just said there is that that core understanding about creating your own reality and taking responsibility for the experiences that you create for yourself. This is just, I guess, another example of um, people often would blame their partner for the relationship ending, even though they might have gone through three different relationships and they've all ended in the same way. And that's their experience, the individual's experience. And they'd still be blaming each of the three partners for being at fault for for those situations. And obviously that can't possibly be be true because the person that's the common factor is actually you in those situations. Yeah. The problem lies in our perception in that we hold what we perceive and how we perceive it. And when we're talking about people, we're talking about how we perceive someone and why we perceive them the way we do. We assume that it represents truth and reality it is an assumption we make because logically speaking we grow up with this perception and this awareness 
And so when, when we extend it later on in life into relationships, we have the sense, feeling and experience that it is real, that it is the truth and this is how things are and how they are. The reality, the deeper reality, I should say, the more profound reality of our consciousness, if analyzed, would show that your perceptions actually distort it. You just don't know that it is, and you don't know by what. And this is the core of our failed relationships. Mm. So you're saying that the core of our failed relationships is a, a lack of understanding of how we create our own reality, or even that we do, um, and the mechanisms that sit behind that. Now, I know we've probably discussed those a couple of times before, but it wouldn't be a bad idea just to run through that quickly in the context of what well, we're I talking about. I actually don't want to run through it quickly. I want to run through it in respect to, um, to the relationship problems that we have, mm. because then it makes sense. Makes Rather it more specific than, to the Rather than do an abstract and mm-hmm. saying, blah, 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 this is how it works, um, it, it will make more sense to those who are listening to this right now if they can relate it to something that they've experienced. And I'm, we try and approach your experiences by talking the way we do and explaining it the way we do. So creating your own reality in a relationship um, works in that the inherited beliefs and the beliefs that you've then taken on from your parents uh, serve to act as uh, lenses for your perception. In other words, if you have, say, distrust of the opposite sex for reasons which are embedded in your family history, uh, to do with your mother's distrust of your father, or your father's distrust of your mother, or their distrust of each other, Right, or the opposite sex in general, perhaps. Obviously. Well, that's what I mean. Yeah, yeah, mother, father. It it becomes specific in a relationship, doesn't it? But it could be a general thing if someone was, say, say oh, someone. It will it will play out outside relationships yes. as well. I mean, I mean, I'm just being specific to yeah. relationships. Yeah, okay. it plays out in every situation, uh, because you will find in the workplace, um, you run into similar problems. They're just not as intense because love is not the core currency in that relationship. Mm. When love becomes part of a relationship, the intensity of the emotional experience dramatically increases. Now, um, so, so when someone has inherited, uh, say, trust, distrust beliefs or distrust issues with the opposite sex, with the opposite gender, uh, then that will color the way they perceive them. So they will already enter a relationship without realizing that they constantly need proof and evidence that this person can be trusted or believed hmm. or depended on or relied upon or their sincerity or their honesty, um, their emotional dependability as much as their perhaps for some people their financial or material dependability, depending on what your issue is. So there's a whole range of possibilities for distrust, which are both emotional, physical, and mental, right? Which, if they are a part of you, will color the way you will see the opposite sex. So once you enter the relationship game, if I can call it that, (laughs) right, with these negative beliefs, you will try and 
find someone who can save you from them. In other words, if you enter uh, the relationship game with the belief that men cannot be trusted, or as a woman, uh, as a man, that women cannot be trusted, you're going to look for a woman that, or for a woman that can be trusted, or a man that can be trusted. And so you look for evidence and proof. And so you'll be attracted to a person who perceives, who you perceive to be someone who has the capacity to save you from your distrust issues. Who's, who appears trustworthy. Who appears trustworthy, who gives verbal, emotional and physical evidence that he's dependable, reliable, trustworthy, on all the levels that you have an issue. Mm-hmm. And that person would be the most attractive to you. If, for instance, also looks, sexual attraction and also qualify, if you like, in this overall attraction you have for that individual, mm. right? Now, when you enter such a relationship, you do not realize that you also make yourself dependent on that person. Your level of trust depends on his trustworthiness. So in a sense, you give your power to be safe in terms of trust to that person. Because if they prove to be untrustworthy, then you will be the victim of them being untrustworthy. Mm. But you've given them the power because you put your trust in them. Well, you put your sense of self-security, your sense of self-power um, in the hands of someone else. That's what you're saying. Well, that's you? what you're basically doing. You, you, you're saying it. And I can, only, I can only feel safe and secure if the other person is making me feel like they are able to be trusted. That's quite confusing, um, now, the way if, that I if, said if it. If but. the other person gives me evidence and proof that I can depend, rely on them and trust in them, mm. then in that moment I give away my power to them. Mm. Because if they did something that didn't meet those expectations, you would then feel unsafe and insecure. Okay, let's, let's go to the other side. Mm. All right? So, because you're so affected by your negative beliefs and you are controlled in this way and we we're picking one single belief so be sure that there is more than one mm. right and it isn't it is a multiple levels of negative beliefs which, which match the which have to match the other person to uh to some extent um to be compatible to be com- to for you to feel compatible yes with that person mm. Now, you, you will attract um, someone <clears throat> who matches you, or so it seems. And you may even believe that they're your soulmates, and I think I've said that before. Mm. Um, the reality is that there's two ways of dealing with distrust. And so far, we've just described somebody who's passively distrusting. Mm-hmm. So somebody who's aggressively distrusting will need to have control over another person. He, will, he or she will have to control the relationships in order to be sure that they are not going to be cheated on, lied to, mm. deceived. Um, and so they need to be in control. Now that kind of person has a more proactive approach to relationships and does not wait to be chosen, but tends to do all the choosing. And they they tend to want to be in control, and they um, usually present a face 
that is the face of trust. In other words, you can depend on me, you can rely on me, uh, I'm everything that you will ever want, uh, I'm the right person for you, when they meet someone who matches their issues. Now, the person who is passively distrusting and the person that's aggressively distrusting are actually an ideal match. Mm. And this is where uh, it is something that people do not see, something that people don't realize, because both parties uh, are getting what they believe they want. What makes them feel... The, the, other, the other person makes them feel safe. Yeah when they're together and therefore they feel like that's a perfect match yeah. in the beginning. Yeah. But the person that makes them feel safe is someone who only feels safe in a relationship if they're in control. Mm. And they've learned to convince and please the other party into believing them that they are the person they should be with. And so there's, there's, uh, it's something also it has been in a past uh, podcast, I think, they tend to be the kind of individual to give excessive attention, excessive um, uh, and overflowing um, emotional and physical uh, affection in order to uh, prove, show and demonstrate that they are the right person for the person they're interested mm-hmm. in and basically make them the center of their attention, which then the other person who... Uh, because of their distrust and issues to do with their own self-esteem, will feel um, that the only way that they can trust a man, that if he makes her the center of his attention, the center of his care, the center, if she's the only one that he wants. Because on some level, often women who have distrust issues also have issues with their self-esteem as a woman. Mm-hmm. So they often do not think that they're attractive and desirable to women. This can also be the case for men in the same way. Mm-hmm. Men who don't believe that women would ever want them, would ever want to choose them or be with them. They tend to want to be with women who are very overt and show how confident and, you know, and make themselves... Make them feel more of a man. Yeah, well, you know, we, we, we often talk about men who date women that are beautiful so they have what do you call that um uh, like a handbag or a handbag or something <laughs> that makes them look good yeah yeah yeah, yeah. that's sort like of a status a status a symbol, status symbol yeah. because she's attractive that means i'm very desirable mm-hmm. if i can if she wants me over all the other men that are in the room that proves that i am a better man mm. you know this, this is not an unusual um mm. condition for men to have it also has to do with trust issues. It also has to do with low self-esteem issues. Mm. The thing, I mean, the, 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 the origin of this discussion lies in why do we keep going back to these relationships and why do we repeat them constantly and keep on fooling ourselves in thinking that we still haven't found the right person? Mm. Well, I, I guess you, you feel, at the, at the example you've given there is, let's, let's, let's take the, the passive and, and let's say it's the woman in this case, um, she finds a man who makes her feel like he can be trusted and then that relationship at the beginning seems like a perfect match mm-hmm. and then as it goes along in the relationship, uh, he perhaps becomes more controlling because he's got his own trust issues and then an incident happens where that trust facade, if you like, is, is broken and then the relationship ends. Yeah, but it's not as simple as just to say the facade is broken. If you want to understand it more deeply, then... Then it is really about 
when one individual commits an act which is interpreted by the other as an act of um, deceit and therefore triggers their innate, or they're not their innate, but their learned feelings or their learned belief yeah. that they cannot trust. So once that belief is triggered again by the other party, which can be for no reason at all, funny enough, it doesn't have to be an actual... could be a perception. It could be just a perception, mm. right? It may be, uh, and I'm giving you a scenario, uh, that a guy, is a, he's a lawyer, right? And he's, he needs to stay back for work. And... Uh, he uh, he needs a secretary because she's doing a lot of the typing out and the research and so she stays after work with him, right? And all he does is work, right? Let's just say that that is truly the case. Um, and she calls him up and says, you're still there. And the secretary said, should I be typing this still, right? And she hears a woman's voice in the background and immediately she goes, oh, there it is. She's with another woman, just like my father cheated on my mother. You know what I mean? And bang, it's all on again. Back right? into that place, yeah. He comes home, she says immediately, what was she doing there? Why was she there? I heard her voice. Don't deny it, you know. What were you doing with her there? Why did you have to, you know? And it could be innocent. It may not be, mm. but it could be, right? And it won't make any difference. And once you go down that path, he then experience again the same thing as he did with his mother. For instance, that he hears his mother complaining about his father. and Can't be trusted. He can't be trusted. And, of course, he, he hears beyond his father can't be trusted, he hears men can't be trusted, which means I can't be trusted. Mm -hmm. I will never be trusted by women. Mm. I constantly have to prove that I, that, you know, that I can be trusted. Right? If he, if he has taken that path, right? He can also take his father's path, path and not be trustworthy. So don't get me wrong. I'm yeah, not saying... He could be, he could be um, be, being with the secretary and causing... He could well be having an affair. Having an for affair with the secretary. But the point here is that the person who is the passive one cannot resolve that issue by choosing the right person because she will keep on choosing the person that matches her issues. So if she ends that relationship because of this mistrust has been re-triggered um, in her own mind. Unfairly or fairly. Unfairly or fairly, then that relationship ends and then let's say it's two months later, she finds a new man and she'll be seeking the same type of person, which is someone that overtly shows her that he's trustworthy. Yeah, or, or, or passively. Or passively. Or passively. Mm -hmm. Or somebody who is a passive pleaser mm -hmm. and tries to do everything for her and tries to constantly prove to her that he's trustworthy in a passive way. But, you know, again, that will always, not always, but it will, in most cases, fall down for the same distrust reason because the problem lies with her and with him. Mm -hmm. They both have issues with yeah. their opposite sex and they both try to find someone who um, removes that fear for them rather than removing it from themselves. Once you, once you let go of the fear-based belief systems that drive this emotional state in you that cause you to be in that perception and cause you to believe that men or women are like that. Uh, once you get rid of that, once you release that, then you're in a different state of mind. Your perception changes and you 
you will choose a different kind of individual and you will engage in a different relationship and you will be attracted to a different kind of male. And a different kind of male will be attracted to you because you represent a different emotional dynamic, a different emotional energy, if you like. Mm. Yeah, there's a, there's a couple of ironies here that um, that uh, that sort of present themselves is that the, the fear-based belief systems of two people cause them to feel like they're a perfect match at the start of the relationship, but it's also probably the same issue that causes the breakdown of the relationship if there is one at the back end. Yeah. Um, and that causes the cycle to keep repeating if it's if you're in a relationship and you don't change yourself, you go into the next relationship and those same fears play out in the next relationship. And if that ends, it's probably caused by the same issue. And it's also ironic that most often a person that has had three relationships where they've been, let's say a woman's been cheated on by a, her male partner three times in a row, that person would probably blame those three partners for doing something like that. When the reality is if the woman changed herself, then she would actually have some power over the situation and have different relationships in the future. Yeah, yeah, that that would be the case, but it requires that woman or that man to... Um to be aware and conscious that they are active contributors to felt relationships. Mm. And so if you cannot see this, if you're not aware of this because you don't understand or know yourself, right, um, it becomes really difficult for you to start at a particular point and say, um, I'm responsible for this relationship going that way because I, and then whatever that may come after that. Mm. Typically, and this is not particular to this kind of, or a person with this kind of problem, is that we do not know what questions to ask and how to ask them. Mm. And How to create a self-awareness. That would create self-awareness, yes. yeah. yeah. So to be aware of yourself by asking questions in a way that you will be revealed to yourself. And this is a problem because we don't learn this. Our parents never did it. We're not taught this at school. We don't have self-awareness classes. We don't have uh, self-awareness um, programs for, for children um, to make them aware of who they are as they're growing up and to help them um, release those things that are limiting for them, those beliefs that limit their uh, capacity to be in reality and create a reality which is positive because none of that exists in the real sense and it's kind of all I'm going to sound critical but I'll go there uh, because it's all kind of hidden by psychology as this black box that nobody understands that only psychologists know how to how to how to deal with so therefore you kind of cannot be trusted to put it in your hands which I um very actively and aggressively contest this idea. Um, it's Freudian, Freudian uh, psychology, isn't it? I guess people get their well, ideas from others and they grow and it's it's a perception of the way that love and fear works that may not be, it didn't hit the mark properly. I, I will stick my neck out even further. I would say it's like religion where where the, the church <clears throat> has placed itself as an emissary of God and almost said, you cannot communicate with God directly, but we can, but we'll sit in between and we'll control that communication. So if you 
if you have done something wrong, confess to the priest and the priest will will kind of be that emissary. Pass on the message. Yeah, pass on the message, if you like, that you're sorry for what you've done. Um, it is kind of, it, I know I'm simplifying it, but I think it is a bit like that. I think psychology tends to put everything in a mystery box. And uh, I think to some degree that has to do with the fact that they're not all too sure how consciousness works. And uh, their solutions, uh, to my mind, have not been terribly effective in changing humanity. So uh, it is assumed that you as an individual, as a person without that education, cannot possibly know how it can work and how you can help yourself. I mean, I think further to that point, the same could be said for science in general, is that people don't believe that they would have any understanding of something unless they read a scientific article about it and that they could believe was was legitimate, whereas there is innate knowledge that people have and they have their own intuitions that should be trusted above all else, I believe. And the same with the medical profession. Now, who, sh- who would actually know your own body better than, better than yeah. you? But you actually quite often, like society puts their power outside themselves and say, oh, I have to go and see a doctor to find out why I'm feeling like this. Whereas they could ask themselves, first and foremost, why am I feeling like this? Why am I manifesting this in my life? And they might come to some answers innately of, in and of themselves. And, and I think it's not just, it's in all those different areas of life, we put the power and the knowledge we expect that we couldn't possibly know. We have to go to an expert to find out uh, things about ourselves and that's not true no i think it's portrayed like that in many different ways in all the areas that we mentioned like religion science and other areas where where um we supposedly don't have the capacity to deal with our own self on all these different levels Mm. right and you're right there is a there is a way of knowing stuff if you like we call it stuff that is that we call scientific, that you can actually know it on other levels, have an awareness on, on other levels without necessarily knowing the formal scientific computations and um, uh, dialogue that, that hangs around a particular subject you know, but you can know stuff without actually being able to express it in scientific terms. Mm. And so it's the same for religion. You, you can know the God energy, if you like, and I don't want to say God as an individual, but the God energy, the God consciousness, without necessarily having to walk into a church mm. or speak to a, 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 a priest or a representative of that religion or to read a book. You can, you can sense the God consciousness in everything that's around you. Mm. And in the same way you're saying you don't need to see a psychologist to find that about yourself. You need to ask yourself questions. You need to ask yourself questions, but you also need you do need to understand um, what questions to ask and how to come to conclusions that make sense. Um, and that doesn't happen. Let me let me just try and and uh, put a preamble to this because you've got to realize that where we are right now, where human consciousness is right now, is the direction it's taken for at least the last five mil, uh, five thousand years, mm-hmm. if not longer, right? Um, it's taken a certain direction. It involved religions. It revo- involved a lot of things that took us out of ourselves into the world. In other words, the way you spoke earlier on, where we believe that the 
that our control of our existence as an individual lies in controlling the environment in which we live, right? And lies in controlling the people we have relationships with, for instance. Mm-hmm. We talk about relationships. Our, our sense of being and our sense of self and our sense of emotional experience uh, depends on the other individual or the environment in which we live. We believe that it controls us or they control us. Mm. And that we, in a sense, by and large, are powerless and subject to the environment we're in. We're, we're, this, a, we're a victim of the world, of our relationship. You can of, take it to a victim level. Yeah. yeah. But that has been a gradual process. This has not happened overnight. This has been a gradual thing that's intensified and intensified. What it has done is created a world that basically lives in fear because of when you when you put your power out into the world you become subject to the world mm. and you give uh, give away control or more specifically in the context of today in a relationship in a relationship, you, relationship you yeah give a power so to I'm, the other person then yeah so then you live in fear mm. because once you lose control you live in fear what will happen what you will be subject to you yeah. be, you you get to fear change you get to fear um um, uh, the environment you get to fear the behaviour of other people everything becomes unpredictable for you because you're subject to it right and so we've created a world and if you really start thinking about this we've created a world that's driven by fear we've created a relationship world if you like uh, based on fear the fear of not being loved the fear of not being wanted the fear of not being good enough the fear of being a failure the fear of not being attractive enough, significant enough, popular enough, you name it, is, and this is one of the reasons why things like Facebook, Twitter, all these uh, internet... Social media. Social media, yeah, social mm-hmm. media. Why it's so immensely popular? Because it provides a platform for people to try and prove, right, uh, that they matter. So how many Facebook friends do you have? You know, how many people have tweeted you? Mm. Uh, how many how many followers do you have, right? Because it all signifies how special you are, how significant you are, that you matter. You're constantly looking for proof for your own significance mm. and not realizing that you are already significant by the nature of your existence. Mm. That it doesn't matter whether I find you significant or not. What matters whether you do. And the fact that you chase Twitter, that you chase Facebook, that you chase friends, that you are worried about what people think of you, uh, that uh, you need a partner who fulfills all of your needs, is all giving away power. And it all proves, and it should be proved to you, that you don't have any confidence in yourself, Mm -hmm. that you don't trust yourself. So if you want to start asking questions whether you have any issues or not, you can start there. Mm. Look at your behavior. Look at how you act. Why is it so important for you to be on the phone all the time? Why can't you miss a message? Why do you have to be instantly available? Right? It's all because you don't want to miss out. You don't want to be insignificant. You don't want to be forgotten. You don't want to be alone. I think it would be interesting for someone also if they were going to say a, a first date with someone. Really, if they had a, a, a they might they might have a few what you call butterflies, but a lot of people would be really, really concerned about what are they going to think of me. Am I good looking enough? Um, and, and all that is based on all those people would be almost sick with worry perhaps about a situation because 
they honestly believe that like they have no self-confidence as you said because they don't believe mm. that they're lovable they don't believe they're good enough and when they go and meet someone else they're going to expect that that person's going to find out those things about them and not like them I truly know this because I used to be like this. Right, and 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 so that's a great place to start as well. If you if you're in that dating game that you talked about before, um, it's gonna it's gonna probably be something that confronts you all the time. Yeah, I can almost hear people thinking mm. when you say this. You know what they're thinking? Do you understand what they're thinking? What people are thinking is that isn't everybody afraid? Isn't everybody worried? <laughs> Does isn't everybody it, have fear when they meet someone new? Isn't that normal? <laughs> isn't that normal? Right? So, so the, the, it, it's this kind of thinking that if you have a fear and you share that fear with other people, therefore it's okay. Therefore you're being normal. But it's not. Mm. It's not normal to be in fear about anything. Mm. That the whole world is in fear is definitely not normal. That we have normalized fear is totally wrong. <laughs> yes. You understand? We, we've normalized fear as being a normal thing to have. So what's happened, like, I know we're jumping from relationships into the world and then back in relationships, but bear with me, uh, is that um, now governments and organizations and um, uh, on a worldwide scale are using fear to control the population, to make the population uh, accept um, laws and rules and um, intimidation and control uh, on the basis that without that they won't be safe mm. and so now the world is being coerced into uh, a place where they um, live in more fear than ever right because the people that want control that that want to follow their agenda, right, are pushing fear in a, uh, into the population in order to get them to comply with their agenda. And that's happening all the time. Now, in a relationship sense, of course, um, you, your fears, um, the fears that you have in relationships, may not seem to be related to that. But I just want to... I, I, just can, I, can, I can draw a fairly obvious parallel. Okay, go ahead. So obviously we talked about trust issues earlier and people are expecting that they can't trust other people. And I know nearly everybody says you can't trust politicians, right? That's a pretty common uh, thing that people say, oh, you can't trust politicians. And of course, then they elect people that uh, fulfill that. <laughs> Initially, again, it's very similar to the relationship. Initially, they pick someone they think is... Of, is outwardly trustworthy and they they saying the right things on TV or in the media and they oh actually this one might be different we might be able to trust this politician and, and in the end it's almost like a relationship breakup when they they get exited out the back door because of something some indiscretion that they've that they've had so it's a very similar scenario to what you what you spoke about earlier in the relationship yeah but interesting enough you 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 talk about it that way but if you want to talk about politician probably the one politician that stands out in this world at the moment is Donald Trump who's trying to become president of the United States, right? And he, he um, expresses very extreme views, which are border on racism, discrimination, uh, outright warlike um, uh, intentions that he has in order to put the world right in his terms, right? Yet he has an enormous number of followers. 
And you see, all these followers are people who fear the things that he's going to fix. So in other words, they fear the Mexicans. They fear Mexican migration. They fear Russia. They fear, they believe in communism being a threat. Um, they, so they look for radical solutions because they, their fears are quite extreme. So the most extremely fearing people follow the person with the most extreme solutions. Mm. Right, well, and because it triggers their fear first of all, and then gives them a solution that seems extreme well, enough to maybe overcome it. Yeah, mm. well, the, the the fear is already there. Yeah, but, you understand? But in him but speaking he, about the issues, he would be triggering that that feeling of fear. Oh yes, that no, is no, an no. Issue. The fear is already there. Yes, they, they fear the Mexicans. They fear invasion. They yes. are they are racist. They are already all those things, mm. right? That already pre-exists. Mm -hmm. Now they need somebody who's got a solution. Mm. Now they need somebody to follow. Because they're not leaders. In, when you're in fear, you're a powerless person. Mm -hmm. So you're not a leader. So you need an egocentric individual who proclaims that he's got a solution for everything. Mm -hmm. And then you run behind him. And you, you, you think he's going to save you from your fears. Which is no different what people do in a relationship. Yes, it's interesting, isn't it? Yeah. Do you understand? They go into a relationship with somebody who has the solution, they're going to save them from their fears. Mm. And that's where the parallels lie. And people don't see that. But in the big way, in a small way, it is, an ex it is the same. It is an expanded version of the same issue. And the, we, we, as a society, don't realize that we, as, a, as individuals, are the society and create our sense of society. So the combination of our fears creates what society is. So typically countries develop a particular mentality, which is like a personality. Mm. So Germany has a particular personality because of the belief systems that are shared amongst the Germans in the general sense. I mean, there are different layers within that, don't get me wrong. Of course. They've got the Nazis as well as the liberal, as well as the conformists, as well as, mm. you know... They, and then the conservatives. So there's all these layers inside Germany, but overarching, there's still a general belief system that makes Germans typically German mm -hmm. and the French typically French yes. and so on. Yeah, stereotypical. Yeah, I'm sure there's individuals in those systems course, that are different. Of but course, stereotypical. But those biases exist. Yes. Those overall biases exist. Yeah. The Italians are typically Italian. Mm -hmm. They're like Latinos. You know, all the Latinos have a very expressive, emotionally overt personality mm -hmm. right but within that there's still all those layers yeah of course yeah yeah so so to so bring it back to to this relationship thing so if you're in a situation where you're having cycles of relationships that start and end and start and end and you do the, the self-work to tie this back to what you're saying there you do some self-work and you identify what your issues are you create an awareness and then you do some work to remove those fears from your life, you're actually benefiting society because if everyone does that, we then change the way that we interact with the government and interact with other countries. As well as finding a, the partner would be the source. Yes. So we which is the original aim. So we'd end up with, with the personal power in our life to have the partner that really suits us and makes us happy and we don't have to live in fear and we end up with a, with a government that actually benefits us as a society rather than one that's been elected based on fear. Sounds like a pretty good place. Yeah. Well, it, it, it obviously, because so many of the structures that we live with um, are rooted in fear and in insecurity and are, are capitalized on 
based on fear and insecurity, uh, a lot of these things would change. If my, um, if my wish that everybody became aware enough at least to realize that they are contributing to the overall nature of the world and society, um, by, by, and, and then having the um, drive and the taking action to actually personally change. I mean, relationships, when we talk about it, and people keep repeating the same relationships over and over again, it's because you're in a, in a pattern of behavior that is what I'm going to call dysfunctional. It's, it doesn't sound nice, but dysfunctional in the sense it doesn't serve you getting into a functional relationship. So it's dysfunctional in that sense. It's driven by fear. If you don't take that responsibility and you do not look at yourself, you will repeat history. Yes, one thing we haven't spoken a lot about yet is patterns of behaviour as a, as, a, as a term. I don't think we've really discussed that specifically in terms of your fears playing out in your behaviours, creating patterns in the way that you... So it might be patterns between, as you said, as you said earlier, it might be your work life have the same patterns as your as your relationship and has the same patterns as even some of the sporting teams you follow or whatever it is or friendships or whatever aspects of your life you'll find that there'll be patterns in your behavior that way you interact with the world in all those areas as a result of your fear-based belief systems and so relationships is as you said a very intense let's say a mirror so you can your issues play out a lot more intensely because you're seeking love in the same way as, say, you sought love from your parents in that very intimate relationship. I, I, I want to give an example of something that tends to play out um, for men, right? Because we often talk about women, and I think it's, it's worthwhile to talk about men as well, mm. right? Uh, because they equally have issues. Uh, there's no difference. Because we, we're men and we should... Uh, Talk about our own stuff, yeah. So our own stuff. Well, no, it's not necessarily about our own stuff. It's more about one of the common things in men is, is their issue with taking responsibility and meeting expectations and needs and demands of others. And this plays out in relationships. So when, um, when a man has that sort of mindset because of his fear that if he has to meet the expectations of others meet the needs of others and meet their demands, he will have to deny himself and sacrifice himself and give up on something and not get what he wants and not being able to do what he wants or experience what he wants. So I, I, then I, might, he, I might confess that was one of my issues that we, you and I have worked through together some time ago, that that was certainly one of my main issues in yeah. life, is one of my main fears. So like, we're actually talking about me in this scenario okay. the old me <laughs> well, 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 well then you'll be able to respond i'll be able to relate to and relate yeah um so men of men that have this issue often uh experience that first of all in their home when they're growing up and it it can be that um uh you have a mother who is constantly dissatisfied unhappy disappointed um and a father who no matter how hard he tries, can never satisfy the mother. And usually in those relationships, after a number of years, the father starts to switch off and makes himself unavailable and disappears at work or in the shed or at sport, becomes unavailable to the wife because he, it all becomes 
an impossible task for him. Mm. It becomes very frustrating. It becomes frustrating because initially he may try uh, and then it doesn't work because she has an issue with with being dissatisfied mm -hmm. and her fear she's never getting what she wants. It will never be what she wants it to be. And uh, she expects to be disappointed and she will be. Do you understand? Because she constantly complains. Mm. Nothing is ever good enough. It never meets her standards and values, etc. Right? So uh, a boy that grows up in that will will fear, have a can fear. It can be one of those things. It can be he can grow up fearing that he can never meet expectations or he can become the boy who always tries to aggressively meet those expectations. Yeah. I might be the latter one of those, perhaps. Yeah, mm. and then overdo it. Yeah. yeah. Take responsibility for everyone and everything. Yeah, mm. so if you, if you become over-responsible, mm. you will find yourself a woman who wants and needs you to take that responsibility and care for her. And if you, are, if you come out of that family with the fear of having to be responsible for the needs and expectations of others, then you will go and look for a woman who looks extremely self-responsible and can take care of herself. And you. But that girl, the one I'm talking about, who looks so self-responsible, will come out of a family where, in all likelihood, either the mother is also over-responsible or she has a mother who takes no responsibility and she, the girl learns that she's a burden to her mother and therefore the only way she can have a relationship with her mother is by showing and displaying she's very, very responsible and so she, she's very she, independent. She has no needs, no expectations, no wishes and desires. And she then becomes the perfect partner for somebody who, a man who doesn't want to take responsibility, doesn't want anybody depending on him, doesn't want anybody relying on him. Mm -hmm. Does it all make sense? Yeah, so one person has a, um, has a need to show others that they are not a burden to their responsibilities. And someone else that has the, the opposite, that they don't want to be burdened by anyone else's responsibility. So it's a perfect fit, yeah. Um, I think the way you say not a burden to their responsibility, they don't want to be a burden to that person because they're not prepared. The other party gets upset if they have to take responsibility. Yes. Yeah? Yeah. So um, they can't cope. So you have a mother who cannot cope, mm. right? So you either become for a child, a girl, she will become like her mother or she will be opposite to her mother and become like a father. Take responsibility for others. To take responsibility for herself mm -hmm. and uh, become totally independent and self-sufficient. Yes. A boy in the same family, right, will also either be a boy who uh, avoids responsibility because he can see his father kind of cannot cope, mm. right, or he'll become like his father because his father is a uh, maybe an extensive uh, financial provider or something very successful in his own way because he may have other issues to do with his ego where he has to prove himself. It always gets more complicated. You have to yes. understand we're talking about these issues from a very one-sided perspective, but people are more complicated than that, okay? We, we're just looking at issues which... Um, are a prominent part of the relationship but not the only part of the relationship. So your issue is always more complex than what we are proposing here. Because they intermix between different You have a issues. whole number of layers yep. of issues because people are complicated. Mm -hmm. 
Yeah, people are complicated. Just do, so if you have this particular issue, for instance, don't think when you solve this issue that all your problems are over, <laughs> right? In fact, other ones might come to the fore that have that have previously been less important to you at that exact time. You might find that there's a focus on other things. That's what I've found anyway. If if there's one thing that's playing over in your mind constantly over a period of months, and you manage to resolve that one issue. You've sort of maybe focused on that one issue and ignored several others that are there in the background. But then once you've removed the big thing, the others kind of become obvious to yeah, you. They float to the surface. They float to the surface, yeah, yeah. yeah. You always tend to deal with the most prominent one or the one you can deal with best hmm. automatically. There's another thing I wanted to say. Um, one of the biggest um, problems that we have in dealing with our issues is actually guilt. Uh, guilt is one of the biggest problems because once we have um, a relationship with parents whereby guilt is part of that relationship, where you have a mother who or a father who cannot cope, who is weak and powerless, and therefore you become protective of the father, which is a reversal of roles in the family sense because a parent should be protective of the child, not mm. the other way around. When you become protective of your father you don't, or, or your mother, you may not realize that you're actually suppressing yourself in order to protect that parent from you. And that you actually suppress your true nature, your real thoughts, feelings, and emotions. But it also makes it very difficult to look at your own history and say, I have an issue that was caused by my father or by my mother uh, because you feel that if you are critical and judgmental of your parents that you're somehow hurting them and that you're being unfair and unreasonable but that's basically driven by guilt hmm. if you allow guilt to control your uh, effort to be objective about your past and see what really happened without any judgment or criticism if you allow guilt to control that you will never come to a solution you will never understand why you are the way you are so to, to get a real outcome, you must put guilt aside mm. and truly try and be objective, which is hard enough in itself. Do you, do you find that, we, we, I mean, again, drawing this back to what we're talking about as our, as our topic, um, in, in relationships that have broken up, is it, it's probably, I can imagine that for people, that's, it's a lot easier to examine that broken down relationship and not feel as guilty about pulling it apart than they would be, say, with the parent, with their relationship with their parents. So, in other words, if they were seeking to work out what their issues were, it's probably easier, or they would feel less guilty about doing that in a broken relationship than they would as something where they have a, still have a good relationship with their father or something like that. Potentially, but it will only take you so far, and mm. your resistance to accept responsibility, which means guilt, mm -hmm. could also play a role in that. Mm that you, you're more likely to find fault with the other partner than you are with yourself. Yeah. And it's not conducive to just focus on the relationship uh, and the way it went wrong unless you're prepared to look at what you contributed to the failing relationship. And once you know what that is in terms of perhaps your behavior, uh, your activity, or your thoughts and feelings that were negative in respect to what was um, passing between you and your partner, 
you still have to take it back to a level to, uh, where it, you go to origin. Mm-hmm. In other words, you have to go to where did it all start? Mm. Where did I get to think like that, feel like that, have thoughts like that, perceive the world like that? When did it start? What was the beginning? Now, there will be a tendency, and I want to put this in as it comes to my mind, that people will try and look at events, which is a very common thing that is done by not just by people, but by therapists, and which is a big mistake. Mm. You have to understand that events are already creations. And if you are the creator of your own reality, it's already created. The, so, the, the, the events are the outcome of your beliefs and not the cause of them. Exactly. Mm. And they're, they're, they're the outcome of beliefs that are being played out. So if there are events in your childhood, then these events are created by the negative beliefs, if they're negative events, uh, by the fear-based negative beliefs of your parents, overarching yours. Mm. So they're the ones that, that, that may be an event, like, okay, um, say your mother, you were born and your mother felt ill. And it is one of those situations where nobody has any control over. She, she, has, um, she has some sort of illness, puts her into hospital for three months. In those three months, in the first part of your life, uh, you are put with somebody else. And effectively, you're being abandoned by your mother. You've already created a bond in the first month, and now your mother's disappeared. Right? But she cannot take care of you because she's in intensive care. It's impossible for her to be there for you. You're effectively abandoned. Your mother comes back out of hospital. Everything is fine. You suffer for the rest of your life, perhaps, with abandonment issues and fear of rejection mm. without knowing what caused it, mm. right? That is an event that created by circumstances that can have a negative impact on you. I'm not saying that will happen every time and it will be that, but it can have that impact. I mean, I've come across it in my work, yeah, where there's been uh, problems uh, at birth and the woman had bleeding that wouldn't stop and she'd be in intensive care for six weeks and the child was effectively abandoned Mm. in its own experience because what you're talking about is your experience of the event so when you when you're looking at yourself it's about your perception it is not about what everybody thinks your father is or your mother is it's not about the general consensus of what kind of people they are. It's about your experience of how they are to you. So it's your perception that determines ultimately what you will believe. Your belief systems are formed from your emotional, physical, mental experience created by the circumstances by which, to which you were exposed through their behavior, their attitude, and their emotional expression. From that, you interpreted something and that interpretation is your perception. And that perception becomes then responsible for what you will ultimately believe. And that creates the patterns of behavior in your life. Ultimately, you will develop patterns of behavior to overcome that fear. Mm. And that pattern of behavior is almost implied in the uh, emotional event that your parents created. If, you, if your father gets irritated, if you make a noise and he's watching TV then the message is be quiet, withdraw, disconnect, be unavailable. 
So a child will eventually shut itself down. Like you're only acceptable if you don't make any noise. Yeah, but that not making any noise becomes I am the noisy one. Yes. Because a child will internalize it as it being that mm-hmm. rather than it doing that. Do you understand? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So if a child is irritating, then the child becomes the irritation. If a child embarrasses you, then the child becomes in itself, in its own mind, the embarrassment. Believes it. A child believes itself to be the embarrassment. An, an embarrassment, rather the shameful than, one, rather than the the behaviours. Exactly. Yeah. The disappointment, the failure, mm-hmm. not good enough, inadequate, uh, not smart enough, not clever enough, stupid, hopeless, useless, incompetent, incapable. So on goes the list. Okay. Mm-hmm. The child takes it on as being that person, and beingness creates a belief of beingness. Do you understand? Yes. Because I'm hopeless and useless and incompetent, I can never do this right. Mm. Mm. Right? And because of that, I will always attract criticism and judgment. That is a belief. Mm. And so these, these, these beliefs then, um, you then need to develop patterns of behavior, as you said, and those patterns of behavior are what, bringing back to relationships, are what the two people in the relationship see of each other when they first meet. The patterns of behaviour that the other person that has. That are a consequence of those negative belief systems. are a consequence systems. of those negative belief systems. This is what people see and feel and want to see. Understand that you, when you have a fear, that you want to see the opposite to your fear. You want to see the behaviour that gives you the signals. Well, if you can't swim and you're drowning, you want to see somebody who can swim and save you. <laughs> yep. do, do you understand what I mean? That's what you want to see. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, that's what your desire is because mm. that's what your need is. Mm. So people, um, fear-based beliefs also create needs. Mm. And that neediness is expressed in relationships. Mm. The need to be protected or the need to be in control. You know, the need to be safe or the need to be dominant. So it might be an interesting exercise for someone. That, so we're talking about people that have been through multiple failed relationships is if they were to write down the issues they have with their partner, but then flipped it and realized that most of those issues they have with their partner are actually issues within them, that might be a way to start pulling apart what their own issues are. Like, is that, is that, a, is that helpful? To realize that if, the other, if they believe the other person has particular issues and problems with regard to trust, then they probably have, or they, they most definitely have that same issue with regard to trust, then they can start asking questions of themselves. Why am I not trusting? What is it in my... Yeah, that sounds logical, but it's not how people generally think or I don't think they approach a problem that way. I just think it might be easier to write down a list of things about your failed relationship, looking at your partner, and then just write your own name at the top of it and then start from that. (laughs) I'm not not sure Mm. about the value of that. Mm. Um, Like, if you see your partner being controlling... Do you have an issue being controlling? No, but you have a need to be controlled. Do you have a need to, to be controlled? Do you see it like, would you see it like that? Well, that's what I'm suggesting, that people consider it. Yeah, but way. I don't think they, it's hard to recognise that. Mm. If you have a partner who's controlling, then you're obviously passive. Yes. Mm. Right? And you have no control. The question is, why don't you have any control? Mm. Why don't you take control over your life? I can't. Why can't I? Mm. Because I'm powerless. But you're not going to talk that way to yourself. It's difficult. 
asking questions of yourself in a relationship is difficult. It isn't, it is something you can try. I'm not saying, I'm not dismissing it totally out of hand because, you know, anything is a possibility with everybody has a different mind. But my experience is that people don't see directly um, um, their issues in this, in this way. The best questions you can ask of yourself are questions starting with why. Hmm. Why am I having this experience? Why do I allow him to control me? Mm. Why do I attract, why did I attract a dominant controlling person in my life? Why do I get upset about this, that or the other? Why have I had three relationships where... Well, no, that's too general. <laughs> no, it's more, it's more specifically like, why do I feel that way? Why mm. do I have that thought? Why do I have that emotion? Why do I react that way? Why, when somebody does this, I do that? What is my behavior all about? What am I trying to achieve with my strategic behavior? Why does someone, when somebody criticizes me, I become aggressive and uh, go into denial? Why do I defend myself? What am I afraid of? Mm. So it's what and why. Keep asking yourself those questions and you will come to answers that will eventually lead you to more questions. Mm. So those questions will not be the ultimate answer. The, the answers to those questions, I'm sorry, the answers to those questions are not the ultimate answer, mm. but they lead to a whole new set of questions, which is about the origin mm. for those feelings which or for the, those answers. Which or those, has to do with your early childhood. Which has to do with your early childhood. Mm. Start to think when it happened to you the first time it ever, you ever felt that way. Uh, is there any behavior and... Um, um, other attitudes in your family which reflect your current behavior. Mm. Do you have a dominating controlling father? Do you have a passive compliant mother? Or do you have a very super critical controlling mother who is always complaining? Uh, do you have a father who can't cope? Do you have a father who's powerless and helpless or who withdraws? Right? Because all those things will have to do with your issues right now. Mm. Mm. So... I am at the present time, and I'm going to throw this one in, hmm. uh, designing a self-development course that will help people to go through this process, to ask those questions, and to come to effective conclusions. So whilst I'm saying this in this podcast, right, that, uh, advising you to do this, and I certainly would want you to try yeah, definitely. And, and, and engage in this sort of um, questioning for your own sake, particularly if you have gone in and out of relationships uh, and are not working for you, and you're now, what, in your late early 30s, or maybe going into your late 30s, and still keep repeating the same patterns of behavior uh, in your relationships and coming to the same conclusions, it would certainly be beneficial for you to start doing this, because the only way out of your predicament is to look at yourself. There is no perfect partner for you because you meet perfect partners all the time, but your perfect partner is somebody whose issues complement yours. <laughs> and so you are meeting perfect partners, but you don't realize what you're doing. Mm. Mm. So the idea of having a partner who is one without issues while well, you have all the issues is so unrealistic. <laughs> you can't have all your fears and insecurities and expect to meet a partner who has none and who wants you. 
I promise you the partner who has no insecurities is not looking for somebody who has problems. Mm. Mm. Yeah, he's looking for somebody who doesn't have any insecurities either. Mm. It's, it's the behaviors have to fit, as, as you said earlier. Um, we're probably, unless you've got something else to add a topic, we're probably going to wrap up the podcast pretty soon. So to summarize that, um, people should ask themselves those questions about why are they feeling like they're feeling, why are they having negative experiences and why, why are they exhibiting or why are they developing certain behaviors and patterns in their life? Um, you, you're currently, as you said, putting together some self-help course material that will actually help people to go through that process for themselves. Yeah. Uh, and if they're stuck, they can go to your website and get in contact with you and potentially make an appointment to come and see you. If oh, that's also possible. Yeah. yeah. But, but yeah, this, this course I want to make available. It, I think it will be unique in context uh, and um, provide a completely different opportunity for change to what is probably currently available. Mm. Uh, people who expect, like anybody has listened to the podcast so far will have noticed that I don't give advice on how to behave or how to act. Mm. I don't give advice on how you uh, should talk or express yourself to make a relationship works. There are no tricks in this. There are no strategies. That would be just more strategic behavior. That would be just more strategic behavior, exactly. And so the course will be the same. The course will be about self-responsibility and self-change, becoming different person by changing who you are rather than what you do. And this is probably the, the mantra of this process is that change who you are rather than what you do. Change the thinker, not the thought. That is the concept. Mm. Because once you change the doer and the thinker, you have a different person. And that different person will have a different perception, a different awareness, and will act and behave differently, will engage in different relationships, will attract different people to themselves and will be attracted to a different kind will be attracted to a different kind of individual. And that is the core of the solution that that, that this this uh, idea of creating your own reality has to offer. Hmm. Hmm. Alright, well thank you very much for your amazing words there Rudy and we'll see you in the next episode. Okay. You're welcome. <laughs> <laughs>